Welcome to the second episode of my podcast. For those of you that um, have not listened to the first episode, I would urge you to go and do that. And I would like to thank everybody that listened to the last episode. You guys are the reason why I'm doing this. You are the reason why I'm motivated to always do this. So going from where we stopped last week, last week's topic was passion, the scam you've been sold for decades. So this episode would be jack of all trade, master of none. And when it comes to business, when it comes to entrepreneurship, one of the questions that people ask is like how after finding out the problem to solve, after trying to understand what need to be met, how do I go about it? Now, um, one thing I've noticed with most entrepreneurs is they make the mistake of being um, sort of what I call a generalist. They want to take everything, they want to do everything. They are not really focused on the problem that they're trying to solve. So they, they just go heads on, they are taking up every challenge. You are selling bags, you are selling shirts, you are selling sneakers, tomorrow you drop it, then you start selling food. You after selling food for a while, you, you are not succeeding with selling food, then you probably go into ten other businesses. And with every every endeavor, every effort you take. It's always a lost cause. And the reason is because you are trying to be a generalist. The reason is because you are trying to be a jack of all trade. And like the common saying goes, jack of all trade, master of none. So over the years, I've got to figure and I've got to discover that the secret to a successful business, after identifying the problem you are trying to solve, after understanding the need you are trying to meet is try to be a master of one art try to be good at something try to be the go-to guy if they are looking for an handmade shoe the only name that comes to people's mind is yours if they are looking for low-cost bag the only instagram handle they think about is yours if they are looking for um, the best virtual assistant or whatever services it is, if they are looking for the best hairstylist, you are the person that comes to mind. Now, even the hairstyling is still even a very generic and general problem to solve. So I hope within the next 10 to 20 minutes, I'll be able to do a little bit of justice 
to helping you figure out what you can be a master of rather than just taking everything and failing at everything now i would want to first start by explaining some things that after identifying your need after identifying your problems you need to identify your customers now this is the problem i am solving this is the need i'm meeting who are the people that would require my services who are the people that would be willing to pay for my services so it is important that you draw your customer portrait like we all understand portraits a picture like understand your customer like who are the guys that are going to be my customers who are the guys that i am going to be selling to who are the guys that i am going to be solving a problem for who are the guys whose need i will be meeting it is not just good enough for you to be meeting a need it is good for you to understand whose need you are going to be meeting so when you understand your customer when you understand whose need you are trying to meet it will be easier for you to draw out a product to be easier for you to draw out a service that you would offer to them that way half of your problem is solved so after doing that you need to know how to enter the market you need to be very sure what way how you want to serve them how do i want to serve these people so you need to analyze the market most times the strategy and the planning of a business is more than 75% of the work to be done before you even go into the business before you even decide on what to do at all in business in business and economics generally we call something the blue ocean and the red ocean the red ocean like the name red ocean when you look at um a red ocean as the case may be it looks like blood it is almost invisible you cannot see what is in the ocean now that means that that particular line of business that particular part you are trying to choose is oversaturated already it means that you would be making little or no progress in that part of the market but when you talk about a blue ocean this is this is this is like a part of the ocean where all the fishes in the ocean have not been killed yet no blood has been spilled yet there's enough fish for you to catch in the ocean now um when people talk about blue ocean red ocean a lot of times people see it like um an horizontal stuff it's a, it's 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 a pity that this is just an audio podcast and you cannot really i cannot really illustrate with video but i i hope you get this now there are sometimes that your blue ocean would require you going even deeper in your red ocean it does not really mean you need to leave the industry it means you just need to go deeper into the industry you need to you need to like be more specific in the industry it means that if everybody is um selling i want to use a very common example if everybody is selling a designer wear you can just choose to sell a particular type of wear you might decide to sell um only randnecks you can decide to sell only customized randnecks and find something that appeals to your um audience now a very good business that i've been following over the years and i've been studying their model that really appeals to me and applies this particular part of blue ocean i'm talking about 
they call themselves Ariwatis, like the normal colloquial lingo for um, the Aousas. Can't really remember their Instagram handle. But what they what they do is they pro, they, they don't even produce these t-shirts. They don't produce these wears. They probably buy these wears from China. They buy these wears from China. Then they customize them with logos that signify that um, that resonates with people from the northern part of Nigeria. There's this common sign. I grew up in Kaduna. There's this common sign. It's 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 peculiar to the houses. It's a very beautiful idea. They imprint these designs. They imprint these motifs. They imprint these these patterns that people from the northern part of Nigeria can personalize. People from the northern part of Nigeria can associate with. And this business is doing really fine. I will look for their handle and actually they are not paying me to advertise, but. This, this 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 is a business model that um, uses the vertical blue ocean, such that they understand that the industry of clothes selling of clothes importation is saturated. So what do they do? They go deeper in the ocean to look for their own fishes, and deeper in the ocean to look for their own fishes means that they will be serving just a specific circle of houses, a specific circle of people that live in the north. You'll be surprised that people like me that have a little experience of the north and I'm not even a northerner I, I I am so much attached to the brand because they have made themselves a specialist in Arewa's attires modern Arewa attires so sometimes you just need to find yourself within that red ocean you need to look for yourself within that red ocean now Another thing that I would love to point out is, is it, that it is easier to be a specialist than a generalist. It is very easier to be a specialist than a generalist. Because over time, over time, you master the art of doing that particular thing you've been doing over and over and over again. So when people, when your name is mentioned, when the name of your brand comes up, there is, there is a goods or there is a service that is attached to your name. Everybody, your, your business is no longer, your business stands out. Your business is special. Your business is peculiar to a part. For example, when you, when you hear the word Intel, what comes to your brains first? The picture that comes to your brain is a personal computer. When you hear the word Intel, and Intel just produces a very small part of our personal computers. They produce just integrated circuits, ICs, chips, processors so even even on the bigger picture of a personal computer they are not the biggest but because they've carved a niche for themselves because they've they've, they've they've brought out a category for themselves because they've carved a part of the market for themselves so they've made themselves an authority in that market they have competitors they have competitors like amd but because they, they started these things first Another thing that helps when you, you are a specialist, when you when you carve a niche for yourself is you gain authority. Like irrespective of the competi- competitors and the competitions that come into the industry, because you've established yourself in that area, people reckon with you more than your competitors. Now, your competitors will have to go the extra mile before they can gain traction, before they can gain attention in the market. And that is what AMD is facing. A lot of times, for gamers, we all know that AMD processors, AMD ICs, 
AMD chips are somewhat more efficient than Intel. But because Intel started this niching, Intel started this production. Intel is an authority in the market. A lot of times, if your PC don't have Intel, people will tell you that, why did you buy it? You should have gone for a Core i7, a Core i3. So, we, we, we already have this belief that when it comes to processors, when it comes to chips, Intel is the boss. Another very cogent example of a dominant force that that uses specialization, that uses niching, is Danso. Now, this might not be... Um, a lot of us might not be familiar with this example because Danso produces car spare parts. They produce most of the spare parts for Toyota, Lexus, and some of Benz's spare parts. Now, Danso is not so popular. Danso is not like... Uh, Danso is not like the Benz, it's not like the BMW and the likes. But they are serving a specific portion of the industry, of the automobile industry. Such that automobile manufacturers like Toyota, like Benz, the Italian brands, they cannot afford to have a conflict with Danso because they know their production would, would be hit with a very great loss. This is what niching, this is what categorizing yourself does for you in any business, in any entrepreneurship endeavor. The same way you think of shop price, you think of low-priced grocery, even though technically they are not low-priced, but they've created a category for themselves. They've created a special niche for themselves, such that they are a specialist. You see them as a master. You see them as someone that knows his, that knows it all in that particular niche than any of their rivals. So that is what's being specific. That is what's being um, precise does to your business. It takes your business to a whole new level. Initially, you might struggle. Initially, you might struggle. Initially, you might not get it right. It might not be 100% efficient. But along the line of your business, you make some mistakes that you can always go back to correct and avoid. So... What you don't understand is, over time, you are becoming a master in that particular category. Over time, you begin to master the processes, you begin to master the activities, you begin to master the touch of actions that you took along the line. So over time, you are gaining professionalism, you are gaining expertise in that particular field that it will take anybody coming in years to get to your level. So the most important thing is create a category for yourself. Once you create a niche for yourself where you've annihilated competitions, where no competitor can come and strive, at that point, you are on your way to locking in your category. Now, I'll use a personal example of myself. Um, a lot of people know I am a content writer. A lot of people know I'm a content marketer. But I don't just write content for every niche. I don't just write content for every industry. In the past, in the beginning, I was I was deceived to the fact that uh, the more industries I wrote for, the more people I wrote for, the better I was going to excel because that way it will give me uh, a wider reach. I'll be able to reach more clients. I'll be able to get work for more clients. <laughs> I had no idea that I was just setting myself up for failure. So what happened? Along the line, I've been writing for 
a digital marketing firm on a particular niche. I've been making a little money here and there. So out of the blues, I just discovered that I have built expertise. I have built, I have built authority. I have built authority in this niche. Such that when I show people my previous work, when I show people a large array of my previous work, for, for you to have written close to 20 articles in a specific niche, people trust that whatever it is they give you to write in that particular niche, you'll be able to tackle it, you'll be able to do it without resistance. So, I just decided that I was not going to be writing for any other niche. I was not going to be writing for any other industry. So, that's that's what that's what niching does to you. That's the advantage that you get from niching. That is the advantage that you get from, from sitting in a spot, redefining that spot, making that spot your own, making sure that you dominate that spot. So, it is it is easier for people to trust you when they see you as a professional, when they see you as a person of authority in a particular market, when they see you as someone that has dominated the market for a specific period of time, either by volume or by time. It is easy for me to give my work to a plumber that has been working as a plumber alone for the last 10 years. But imagine me giving a tailor my plumbing job to do. Because he said, ah, Oga, am I worried? What is your plumbing? But more one second in school. This sink wabbage. It makes no sense. Now what I interpret is Oga, don't worry. I have been a plumber before. I used to repair our sink when it gets clogged when I was in secondary school. Now, it's not showing any form of authority in that field. It might it might be a person of authority in his tailoring business. But as long as plum brain is concerned, he has, he has close to a basic, a beginner knowledge in plum brain. So you need to establish yourself as an authority in the problem or in the needs you are trying to meet. That is when people can reckon with you. That is when you can charge people whatever amount you decide to charge them. Now, whenever they want to rethink of giving it to somebody that can do it for a way cheaper price, they'll be like, hmm, what happens if this person messes it up? That way, they become even scared of giving it to someone that will do it for a cheaper price than you that is doing it for a very expensive price. You can command whatever price you want. There's a common saying that says, this is an outcome of, oh God, I go do it, I go do it for cheap, or I go do it cheaper. At that point, you can command any price because you owed the authority in that field. Now, just a point I would love to drop before rounding this up. Even after creating your niche, even after creating your category, sometimes you would need that resilience. Sometimes you would need that grit. Because a lot of times in business, things would not work out. Things would just seem like they are heading nowhere. But you have to be convinced. You have to have this strong will in your heart that I have done everything needed. I have analyzed my customer. I have drawn my customer portrait. I understand the problem I am trying to solve. And I think I have the solution. You need to constantly believe in yourself. And keep striving on. Now, at that point, whatever odd is tossed at you, whatever obstacle is tossed at you, because you've done your due diligence, you would be able to face it head on. 
you would not be scared of any challenge you would not be scared of any problems you might face along the way because you are convinced you've done the right thing now there was um in Israel Adesanya's fight against Kelvin Gastelum after the fourth round the both of them had dealt equal blows to each other and Izzy's face was swollen his mouth was torn then he went close to the octagon and he was like I am prepared to die now Israel Adesanya saying he was prepared to die facing the biggest obstacle of his life was because he was so sure that if I am not UFC champion there's nothing left for me so after forming your category after being sure of the niche you want to serve it will get to a point where you need to lock it all in and say I am prepared to die and what does that signify it signifies that it is either this works or it works so at that point it is easier for you to give it your all it is easier for you to tie up loose ends because you know that at this point at this moment of my life if i am not a businessman if this business does not work if this my entrepreneurship does not work i am ready to die and at that point i am very sure i am 99.99% sure that the only person that can sabotage your success at that point is you yourself and maybe a little bit of mix of your village people <laughs> but nevertheless even your village people at that point cannot get you because businessmen entrepreneurs and a lot of experts at some point they can't really explain the processes they can't really explain some of the steps that they took that got them success now for somebody like david rubenstein he called it luck he said that in business there are moments of luck that as a businessman you need now when he was trying to explain that luck he could not explain it he was saying things like um that you are just convinced you are positive and things work out for you but as a christian i don't call that luck i call it god's grace and favor because you've been diligent in what you've been doing because you've been pressing on what you've been doing because either you believe it or not whatever problem you are solving is not your ministry it's not the ministry in which you are performing in and because you are doing your you are, you are, you are going about your ministry diligently the favor and the grace of god will continue follow you will continue to follow you in that line of business now you don't even have to be a christian to believe this but the stupid thing for you to do would be for you not to believe that god exists and even in the most minute of things the awesome wonderful hand of god prevails on them so either you are a christian either you are a muslim there are some points in your business where you need god's grace favor and divine and picking and it would be stupid for you to say words like god does not exist what has god got to do with business and some irrelevant stupid stuff like that so um i would like to leave us on this note 
we can all be successful. We can all carve a niche for ourselves. We can all make something great for ourselves, irrespective of what the economy is tossing at us. Lastly, we are all kings. We all just need to find our land. We all just need to find our category. We all just need to find our niche and rule. Because what is a king without a kingdom? You need to find your kingdom before you can rule. That is why you need to find the category. You need to find the niche you have to solve. To solve your problem. And with that, the sky is just the beginning point. Thank you for listening. God bless you. And have a great month.